Hello and welcome to Inside Intercom. I'm Liam Geraghty. On today's show, we're joined by Joe Causen, CEO of the Institute of Customer Service, which is the independent professional membership body for customer service in the UK, working across all sectors and driving business performance through service excellence. Joe, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Liam. It's an absolute pleasure, especially on a wet and windy day. So it's really nice to have a, a good conversation. <laughs> Exactly. You recently mentioned the concerning decline in customer satisfaction in the UK. And I was wondering if you could share some insights into the factors contributing to this decline and what it means for businesses out there. Okay, really good point. So, Liam, uh, your listeners may or may not know, but we do something called the UK Customer Satisfaction Index. And we've been doing that back since 2008 stroke nine. And you are absolutely right. And that tracks customer satisfaction across the whole of the UK, across 13 different industry sectors. And, you know, customer satisfaction does go up and down. However, the latest results across all 13 sectors uh, and the response rates are almost 50,000 candidates or individuals that will respond to it. We've seen a significant decline in overall customer satisfaction. And main reasons for that, I think, because we're now seeing customer satisfaction at the same level that it was at 2015. And the biggest fall wow. since we started the index that time ago. And for me, I guess, Liam, to answer your question, the, the, the biggest reason why we have seen that is twofold. One, in the UK, and perhaps even globally, we've had a major issue, I think, in terms of resourcing and recruitment and retaining good people. So I think every organisation, every CEO I talk to, one of the things that's keeping them awake at night is making sure that we've got the right resource and the right capability, which means that the resource that we've got is under greater pressure, probably more pressure than it has ever been. So we've definitely got an issue in terms of, of, of that aspect and our ability to respond. Secondly, however, you know, technology is such an important part of customer experience and will be even more so as we go forward. But currently, and this tends to be a real truism, we overestimate what tech can do for us in the short term and underestimate what it will do in the long term. And actually, some of the tech is not quite there yet. So we've got two kind of a bit of a perfect storm. We've got some uh, aspects around the technology that's not delivering everything that we want it to, but also we've got resourcing issues. And on average, Liam, it's taking us about 20% of our time to rectify issues and problems that we have created, which is a terrible inefficiency and actually impacts our productivity hugely. The cost of that, the cost of poor customer service, just like looking at the number here is staggering. An estimated nine billion pounds lost each month. What would you say, I suppose, to companies looking to reduce that cost yeah. and, and, and improve their customer service? Like what, what can they do? Absolutely, because it is huge and such a waste of money to your point. You know, it really impacts on how productive we are. So I think sometimes organizations tend to treat the outcome of the issue. So they treat the complaint rather than thinking about the whole customer's journey and eradicating the issue before it actually starts. Now, that sounds obvious, doesn't it? But, you know, really thinking across the whole of the organisation, if I'm a customer, what are all those pain points? What are all those touch points? And where can we improve those, the handoffs, the making sure that the I guess, reducing the friction I have as a customer through your processes. So really thinking, for me, there's a couple of things. Really thinking in the boardroom 
about customer service. It's not an operational function. It's not a department. It's actually the lifeblood, your service culture inside that organization. And ensuring that everybody, whether you work in IT, whether you work in finance, whatever department, really understands the customers that you're trying to deliver to and understands the pain points of that part of that journey. Because if we can eradicate some of those issues, you'll significantly decrease that 20% that we're spending. So understanding your customer, but actually this comes from the very top. And this is a service culture. This is about driving the right behaviours and focusing on the right outcomes, basically, Liam. You know, it's interesting that you highlight that relationship between employee engagement and customer satisfaction. What can companies do to kind of foster that culture of employee engagement, you know, that then, as you say, directly impacts the kind of customer service quality? Yeah, it does, Liam. I mean, we've done quite a lot of research around this. And for every 1%, I like stats, Liam. So for every 1% increase in employee engagement, you get almost a 0.5 increase in customer sat. And that's obvious, isn't it? If we're engaged and really understand the purpose of our organisation's the value propositions that we're trying to deliver to our customers and feel like we've got a voice and a say in that, then we're more likely to go the extra mile. Our discretionary attitude and approach towards it tends to be much higher. So how do you do that? I think, you know, we're living in a very different world to what the the pre-COVID we were talking, Liam, before we started the actual podcast about what type of environments we can um, create for our people to get the best outcome. So I think, you know, when I look at all of our studies and data around employee engagement, it's about having meaningful work and it's about feeling like I've got a voice and my opinion matters, genuinely matters. And also that I'm really clear about what my role is and the impact that I can have. Because none of us go to work thinking, you know, oh, I'll just turn up. Most of us go to work because we want to make a difference and we want to better recognise that difference and celebrate that difference. So for me, this is about management. This is about trying to ensure that our people feel included, connected to the purpose of the organisation. Purpose is really important. Yeah, I want to make sure that I feel that I belong to something that is bigger than what I am just doing. So that whole kind of sense of creating voice, purpose and connection for me, Liam, makes a really big difference and showing too the outcome. You know, so if I've recommended something, you know, that's gone back up through the organisation and you can actually see the outcome of that. That makes such a big difference to me. Yeah, 100%. The purpose thing is so interesting because I suppose... If you look at this year, we've kind of seen increased pressure on frontline service agents. And, you know, I I suppose a lot of businesses are struggling to kind of support these agents and and, and prevent burnout, you know, while trying to still maintain that high level of customer service. What advice would you give there for really looking after the team and trying to avoid burnout? Yeah, Liam, it's a really important point. And at the Institute, we have a campaign that's called Service with Respect because we have seen a significant increase in abusive behaviour towards customer-facing staff. So so there's two things going on here. There's workload and the ability to be able to get through quite a lot of workload. But we've also got a, a customer base in some situations which are more frustrated and easily riled. So there's two things kind of going on with that. So how do we do that? Well, some of the best organisations... I think are making sure that they're checking in regularly with their operatives, you know, having good conversations. If that's been a particularly emotional or difficult conversation, 
You know, if you think about it, some of the people that are dealing with customers have similar issues to those customers in a cost of living situation. So being really mindful about the pressure that they are on, making sure that we do rotate, making sure that counselling is available if we need to do that, making sure that the line is really checking in and being there for each other. So you create that environment, which is you're not on your own trying to deal with this issue. There's a group of us, a collective, that are going to be supportive of one another. And again, it sounds obvious, but that's a really important part of your culture. That's a really important part of you know, establishing that if I'm worried about something, I can say. If I feel under pressure, there's help for me. You know, I think this is really important in terms of that dialogue that is happening, you know, in in speed. You know, there's a lot, you know, if you work in a contact centre, I've got absolute awe for people that work in contact centres, Liam. There are a number of calls that they have to pick up and go through, and it'll be very varied. So properly trained, properly supported, the ability to raise if you're worried about something, I think are all the things are really, really matter. And a really attuned leader of that group that really understands high levels of emotional intelligence. Yeah, it makes all the difference. Just before we continue with today's episode, I wanted to let you know about Offscript. It's a new series of candid conversations with intercom leadership all about the extraordinary AI-driven transformation we're currently experiencing. Episode 1 is on our YouTube channel right now. Here's a teaser of what you can expect. I don't want to come across as overly dramatic, but for every single tech company, this is an adapt-or-die moment. It's inevitable that All businesses are going to go AI first. It's just a matter of time. In this post-AI world, new companies will rise, old companies will fall. Of course, some of these new companies will flame out. Some old companies will pivot successfully too. I don't think any of us could see a world where this wasn't going to be one of the biggest changes in the customer service landscape ever. The world we care about is customer service. And it's so patently obvious that the old way will be quickly obsolete. We're racing hard to build a future which will result in better experiences and results for customers and businesses too. It's not just a product change, it's a mindset change. Let's make space to talk about all of this. We have so much we want to share. We want to explore these ideas in the open. We want to provoke new ones in you. We want to learn from your reaction. You just click the kind of like big stupid go button, right, and see what happens. Welcome to Offscript. That's all to come on Offscript. The first episode is out now. You can watch it on Intercom's YouTube channel and we'll bring you audio versions of the episodes right here. Now, back to today's episode. How do you see the future of customer service evolving? You mentioned tech earlier, but I suppose especially in terms of technology and customer expectations. And of course, we're awash with AI at the minute. So how do you see that evolving over the the, the next few years? So I think there's a couple of really interesting things. I think from the profession point of view, Liam, it's a really exciting time because a lot of the what I call transactional or process elements of a customer experience will be eradicated by the tech. So, you know, the tech will be able to take so much more of that, which leaves, I think, the much more interesting aspects of the job, of the profession, 
the things we've been talking about, you know, problem solving, really identification of what that issue is, building that across the business, really good at data, because data is going to be absolutely critical to ensure that we can analyse that data as customer service professionals get the best outcome for, personalise that journey, the best outcome for the customer. So I think on one hand, the profession starts to become even more important. Because actually all of those skill sets are the types of skill sets that a COO or a CEO is going to need in the future. So that ability to be able to have high empathy, high intelligence, problem solving connection across the organisation. So that will be good. I also think in terms of the actual balance, you know, we talk a lot at the Institute about a blended approach, Leo. So, you know, there needs to be a blended approach to my customer experience and really understanding when human intervention, quite frankly, is better and when the tech can take the strain on the other aspects of that. And as AI develops and evolves, you know, I think it's about us really thinking about what that means for the profession and how the sorts of skills and capabilities we're going to have to to grow, like I said, around data. If we don't have good data, if we don't ask the right questions of our AI, then we're not going to get the right outcomes. And I think there's there's a really big bit for me around how you integrate that effectively, because I don't think it's either or. And I think as part of any journey, we, we started this podcast, didn't we, talking about the customer journey throughout the whole of the organisation. And that's going to be really, really important. But I also have a word of warning, I guess. If you think about what we've seen in terms of the latest customer satisfaction results, that is not good because that drags down everything. And therefore, you know, what you're going to see is you're going to see certain organisations really pull away. It's quite interesting there. In recent months, we've started to see a number of organisations really talk about their service experience and why that differentiates them. And actually, they're talking about it in a very human form. And again, the role of the high street, we're starting to see the high street becoming more important. So I don't think, you know, the future was going to be just tech. You know, I don't see that as, as a world. I see this about choice, blended approaches and using tech effectively to help me as an agent to get better at my job, but also to be able to do away with some of the real processing stuff, which really isn't a servicing role, is it? That, that's a, a process role. So hopefully an exciting, but we need organisations to lead this from the very top, from the boardroom, not you know, leave that to a department or a function. Yeah, I think that's spot on. It's I think the future is humans and bots, you know, and knowing when, like you say, to switch to the human, let the bot do whatever the work that can it can speed things up. But then when you need a human, we need to pass to a human. I suppose in your experience, I was wondering if you ever came across any like particular success stories or examples of organizations, you know, that have made really significant improvements to their customer service and, you know, what kind of lessons we could take away from them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we started on the conversation about the UK CSI. And as I said, we've been doing that a long time, Liam. And it is interesting that you consistently see a number of organizations in the top 10. So we've got people like First Direct that are consistently in the top 10. Amazon are consistently, all there or thereabouts in the top 10. Nationwide, some of the retailers are in the top 10. So when you look at what do they do, 
I think they do two or three things really, really well. The leadership of the organisation, so if you were talking to First Director, they are obsessive about the customer experience and they really drive the customer experience throughout the whole of the organisation. So their finance team are as obsessed with the customer outcome as their contact centre will be about that customer outcome. So there's something about service culture. There's something about measuring the right things and really paying attention to every part of that. I've talked about the journey, but really understanding how you can consistently and continually keep improving. So there's a bit of a customer service isn't a project or an initiative. You know, it's about, OK, so we've achieved this level. How can we how can we improve that? I was talking to um, UK Power Networks yesterday and they were talking about how in their organisation, you know, the customer experience sits in the boardroom. We have somebody on the board that is responsible for it. But not only that, the non-exec directors really talk about the customer experience. And they really are talking about it from how can we improve that a little bit? So this this absolutely obsession with constant and continuous improvement, I think, is something really interesting. A service culture where everybody is aligned to that is also another thing that I see a curious executive that constantly benchmark themselves outside a sector. So when I talk to CEOs, I very much notice of people that say, well, what does good look like, Joe? Who's doing really well at the moment? Where can I kind of think about what that future is? So they are externally referenced, I guess, Liam, rather than just totally obsessed with what they are doing or they're doing in their sector. So I think there's a number of things, service culture, benchmarking outside a sector, really understanding the end-to-end journey across that, discussing it as a key part of your boardroom metrics, reporting on it and measuring that and making sure that your exec are also rewarded financially for your customer uh, satisfaction. Just before we wrap up, I was wondering what advice you might give to small and medium-sized businesses looking to improve their customer service, but maybe they don't have extensive resources and how they can kind of compete effectively on the customer service front. Yeah, it's a really good point. And in some ways, Liam, everything that I've said would be applicable if you're a FTSE 100 or you're my type of size of organisation. So I think there is something around really understanding your value proposition. What are you? What's your purpose as an organisation? Whether you're yeah, a huge organisation, you're a small organisation. And sometimes, Liam, that's easier in a smaller organisation. So being really crystal clear about your purpose, making sure that every member of your team and your colleagues, etc., really understand the purpose of that organisation. But also, what did my job do in terms of delivering to that purpose? Making sure that you are relevant. So always asking yourself, who would miss us if we weren't around? Yeah. And thinking about what would the impact be on our stakeholders, our customers, our employees, if we weren't here? Because that really crystal. And then focus on outcomes. As organisations, we measure a lot of activity. And that's important because that helps us with process and productivity and improvement. But actually, you've got to know where you want to go. And that's an outcome based measure. So whether you're big or small, really thinking about those things and then thinking about that customer journey, that value proposition, your offer across all of those elements from the top of the organisation to the front end of it. So this is about service culture for me and keep talking about it and keep thinking about improving. And, you know, it's really interesting, isn't it? In the UK, we've seen a big surge of small pop-up organisations are really starting to eat some of the bigger organisations, you know, customer base. And if you get great service, we go back. 
We definitely go back. We're much mm. more loyal to an organisation. And funnily enough too, Liam, when you have less money, you're a bit more choosy. So those organisations that are prioritising, small or large, their service experience, you'll get loyalty. You'll definitely get loyalty. Love that. What's next for the Institute? Are there, I know we're coming to the end of this year now, I suppose, 2024 coming up. Is there any big plans or projects? Always, Liam. Always big plans and projects for the <laughs> Institute. I think trying to help organisations tackle that decreasing customer satisfaction is going to be really important. And we do a big piece of trends work which we do at the end of every year. So I think there'll be a number of things. One for me is about the profession. So we've got some exciting things that we're looking to try and develop in terms of how we skill for the future and what that means for the types of skills and training. And we've got a couple of things in train on that at the moment, which will be very interesting. We've done a lot of work around governance and the role of the board and how the board is really measuring the customer experience, so the service culture. So that's going to be something that we're going to build on. And we're probably most well known for our work on return on investment now. So helping to give the people that are in the front line or in the middle of an organisation, I guess, the, the ability to be able to convince those that might have the budgets as to why you get a decent return on investment of customer service. So we're going to continue to build on that. We've done some more research on that. We'll share with that. So it's really about pace, energy, stepping that up really trying to face into the fact that customers are much more challenged, as we've said, and how do we support them? And, of course, continuing with our Service With Respect campaign. Liam, if you've got any um, listeners that want to sign up to the campaign, you don't have to be a member. It's a really important campaign about trying to protect frontline workers uh, from levels of unacceptable levels of abuse. And the website that people should go to is? Is our core website and you can see the page. So service. you will find us there. Perfect. We'll put the link in the show notes. Um, Joe, thank you so much for joining me today. Liam, absolute pleasure. And uh, thank you very much for inviting me. And if there are ever any questions that any of your brilliant listeners want or I can elaborate on anything, they know how to find me, Liam. So really happy to do that. And you have a brilliant day. And thank you. A big thank you. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Joe Causen. If you did, I'd love if you could let other like-minded folks out there know about it by sharing it on social. You'll find Intercom on Twitter, at Intercom, and of course on LinkedIn. I'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. This is Inside Intercom. Inside Intercom.